The views expressed in our Chop Talk podcast are those of the individual participants only and do not necessarily express the views of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity or its chapters or members. Our Chop Talk podcasts are intended to be as open and honest with our members as possible, but we acknowledge that certain topics may be sensitive, graphic, or emotionally challenging. Please use your own discretion to avoid any material that you may find potentially painful or difficult. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Great. How are you? Good. Good. So our topic today is about networking. Mm -hmm. And so Jaren's out of the office today, which is fine. Um, He's doing some family something. I don't know. Um, Whatever. But Thomas is here today. And what I found so interesting about looking at Thomas. So Thomas is sitting directly across from me. He's wearing like a curly wig. Um, He has sandals on like khaki shorts. Um, So kind of I'm just not sure about his get up. And then I started thinking about it. He dressed up like Mark Zuckerberg today. <laughs> like, I, I get it. I get we're talking about social networking a little bit. But, yeah, he, he decided that dressing up like Zuckerberg was the right way to go. You know, if that's, you know, you'll get a lot of attention that way. Yeah. If that's the goal, then you really did do it. It looks like he's ready to storm Area 51, honestly. <laughs> have you joined the Facebook group, Mike? I have joined it. And <laughs> everything about it is so interesting. Like, the the consortium of people on the internet makes me laugh like just some of the things they come up with I'm just like wow it's amazing yeah and so it's things like that that I think make social networking so powerful so impactful um and I'm so excited that we get to talk about it today it's gonna be awesome you want to do it of course let's go Welcome back to the Chop Top Podcast. My name is Lindsay Hernowich, joined by lovely Mr. Michael Covert. Oh, lovely. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and Thomas McGrath. Hello. So today's episode I'm super excited about. We've got an awesome guest here to talk to us about networking. Yeah, honestly, and networking I just think is is super important, especially in this day and age where um, as such a transient society and, and people... Uh, graduating college and looking for that next big step in their life, uh, it, it's really good to have that network to back that search. So I think this is such a great topic, very important, and I'm glad that we're doing it. Yeah. So I would like to welcome Brett Gogger, who is a social media strategist at the Asher Agency in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Thank you, Brett. Hey, thank you guys for letting me come on today. Yeah. And if you wouldn't mind just giving us some some quick backgrounds, uh, what brought you to social, like the social media world and and how did you get to the point of working uh, where you are today? Sure. Well, um, the beginning of time for my involvement with social media began when I went to IPFW at Indiana University, Purdue University, Fort Wayne. Very transactional type of student. I went to class, went home, went to class, went home. Well, I said, you know, this cannot be, the, uh, you know, this cannot uh, ultimately be the way that I will do college. So I said, you know, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to go out of my comfort zone. And the first place I went to was social media. Uh, It was a great medium to be able to find out more about organizations, communicate with fellow classmates and students who became, you know, great friends. And uh, it kind of began as that where I was really just impressed by the abilities on how IPFW engaged with the students. So I reached out to their team and I said, hey, I'm really intrigued by what you guys are doing. I would love to take it to the next level and, and boost the awareness and connect with you know, not only uh, the, the current student body, but the overall campus community. And they were actually really happy to hear that because they were looking for some people to uh, help. And I was actually appointed a social media assistant for the university. And after that, it just was a snowball effect. I was meeting more and more people, not only from IPFW, 
that were pertaining to the marketing communications department, but I was meeting people from the outside public. And my main goals as a health services administration major was I wanted to go to healthcare marketing and communications. So I started to uh, bring myself to more and more diversified opportunities with social media. And I was doing freelancing. I was working a job on campus with social media. So after a while of marketing myself and networking amongst people who are in my industry, I was able to find a job that pertained to social media. My last two jobs, the job I have currently was through a LinkedIn referral. The previous one was through a Twitter referral. So it just, it's amazing how I've been able to utilize social media as a tool, not only to uplift the spirits of people here in the community, but to also bring awareness pertaining to people who are looking for maybe that next restaurant or that next event or that awesome landmark. My goal with social media is not only to amplify community pride, but to keep people informed. I'm a person who I actually, I I have a lot of um, passion with weather. And actually a few years ago, I became a uh, trained storm spotter. And I will sometimes use my social media platforms to communicate storm issues. And um, other times I communicate with different nonprofits, local businesses, private and public. Uh, And I just want to be that that partner online where I help people find positive interaction and uh, inform the online consumers. No, and actually, I think that's really cool because I think that's one of the best use cases of social media is really trying to keep the public involved and in a positive way. And I I know some people share stories and try to get people riled up, but I I think the better use is really getting people informed and and making sure that the knowledge is out there and and people are prepared for for whatever. So I, I think that's really important. Yeah, thank you. I, I really do think it is. And I've used it a lot with um, even the Visitors Bureau. And that actually turned into a job, a side job. So I actually have a side job as a blog visit Fort Wayne. And that all began through the relationship I built on social media with the Visitors Bureau. So kind of let's start with defining networking. I think we all have kind of heard of what it's like to network in the business sense of, you know, if you're trying to find a job on LinkedIn or in your case, Twitter. But what does it look like if you just want to meet people in a new area or, like you said, you want to find a new event? Yeah. So I think the idea of networking and what it is, is it's defined by the way you utilize processes in creating your reputation, whether it's professional or social. Networking, it also requires your ability to be a storyteller. Everyone has a story and what it is and how you create it, it all depends on your personal being. Um, so the way that you network, you can network yourself through a functional sense where you are connecting with people perhaps on the job and networking yourself there because you can prepare yourself for the future job you want in 10 years right now. And it's all up to you on how you network yourself, you know, utilizing Facebook, utilizing Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. All those. There's just so many different different ways that you can network yourself. It's all up to you on how you want to develop your story. Mm-hmm. And I love that you talk about storytelling because I've always been told that your resume even needs to be a story. It needs to read like a story. You know, you start with your skills and then you have to present your skills all throughout the experiences that you've had. Yeah. It, it, what matters the most is the body of the paragraph. And I like to say the, the paragraph of your life. And I believe it was Muhammad Ali that said something about it's okay to brag as long as you can prove it. And, you know, be proud of yourself. Self-promote yourself. Use the services that have worked. You know, if you're a person who 
Use a story time LinkedIn. Continue to use it. The algorithm on LinkedIn right now is like Facebook seven years ago. It, it, the reach is so high in probability. If you have a passion, run with it, carry with it, make a living from it. Find ways that you can grow with it, especially. You can empower others. You can empower yourself. There's just so many ways that you can use your story and, and, and influence others by leveraging it. And through the age of networking, there's just so much noise out there. Like we were saying earlier, there is a lot of negativity out there. And it's how you can surface yourself in a way that's remarkable, that stands out. What is it that you can differentiate the others who are networking in your same area? And that that is up to you on how you tell your story and how you can stand out. And, you know, 10 years ago, we, you know, on, on, in regards to networking, we would talk about what type of paper we're using. Today, we're talking about your digital footprint. What type of referrals do you have? Who is who has endorsed you on LinkedIn? Who's talking about you on on Facebook? Who who's featuring you in their Facebook Live? You know, there's just so many different ways we can create a digital footprint. Definitely, no, and, and I guess we mentioned LinkedIn, and, and so I guess I have kind of a question uh, because I'm a fe- an offender of this. But what I've always been told is um, you should share things and, and write quick blurbs or articles about things that um, you're passionate about, maybe something that you want to go into, into that field, um, to show people that it's not just a, a job for you, but it's also a passion and um, something you care about. Is, is that true? Is, is that something that can really uh, boost your likelihood of actually receiving those um, job offers and, and people really looking into you as an individual? Yes. Personalization. That's one of the biggest trends right now in 2019 for not only the digital marketers, but any industry realistically. It's personalization. Job seekers, they want these jobs for them. And then the jobs they want, they want they need to make sure that they create that unique identity so those recruiters can find them. So in a in a workforce of today, you want to make sure you stand out and you want to make sure that if you have a skill, put that out there. There are skills that people have that are so integral for an industry but they don't have them out there. So the job recruiters don't realize that they have them. So if you do have something, personalize yourself, give your thoughts. If you share an article on LinkedIn that is about the industry that you're interested in, don't just share the article and have the preview image there and the article title because anyone can share the article, but it's up to you on how you give your thoughts that applied learning on, on that article. If there's an article that's so compelling that you have this topic that you can just write a mile about, perhaps publish your own article on LinkedIn. Give your full spectrum of thought. So it's all about that reflection piece and how you personalize it. So I would say, yes, it's something I recommend online, but try to avoid the cookie cutter method. Sure. And I I feel like being on LinkedIn myself, I see a lot of already career professionals posting articles, commenting on articles, doing those things. But I think one thing that I see lacking, and this is a generalization, so it's not everybody, but a lot of people in the millennials, Gen Z, Gen X group don't seem to be doing that. And you don't see that much interaction with them. And, and then I think the wonder comes is why, is that, why am I not getting chosen for a job or, or why are people not looking at my profile? And I think that's one of the biggest things is you need to put yourself out there. Um, like I said, I'm, I am bad about it too. I, I have a passion for technology, but I rarely post on LinkedIn and it's something I need to get better at, but I, I just think it's something that's so underutilized for the more recent generations than I've seen before. Yeah. And I think too, that's something that I've, that's has been on my mind a lot. You know, I just recently graduated 
And I don't want to become one of those people that only networks when she needs something. Right. Because we all know those people that think networking is just for a job seeker and that whole thing. Yes. And that that is a great point, too, because you should continue to network just as if you have someone who's looking at your profile that's going to give you the biggest, best job tomorrow. Even if you have a job, show off your portfolio. Present the day, daily life activities that you're doing. Yeah, this, two days ago, I did a community engagement event with one of our clients, the foreign airport, and we were in the Three Rivers Festival Parade with them. I was fortunate enough to be asked to participate with them. But what a great way to connect with not only show the public on how great a relationship you can manage, but also heart and passion and community engagement. The idea of entering into a world where there are people on a network that have been in the industry for 30, 40 years, yes, that can be intimidating. There are a lot of services out there that are actually debuting that are only for college students and recent grads. It's crazy to believe for LinkedIn, I believe the youngest you can be on LinkedIn is now 13, I think 12 or 13. I mean, you can very, very, yes, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. What's awesome about having people in the industries you know, for a fairly long amount of time that are on LinkedIn, you're able to see the the different lessons they have had and the way that they can introduce you to perhaps others that are in the industry as well since they've been there for so long. But there's services out there that are now starting to, to resonate with college students, recent grads to help with that entry point onto the large workforce space. Definitely. And, and Brett, I guess I'm going to be honest here for a second. One of my biggest fears about posting on uh, LinkedIn and, and kind of commenting on articles is I guess I don't want to look like a fool. Like yeah. I, I don't want to make a post that somebody else who who may be in this profession for 30 years comments on is like, well, your train of thought is completely incorrect. And and then now a recruiter might see that and be like, well, this guy doesn't know anything. And and so I guess there's always that, that yeah. fe- the fear of the unknown of, of what could happen. But I guess on the flip side of it, you learn what your train of thought, what part of it was wrong, which is a positive thing. But I just, I guess the unknown of somebody maybe taking it the wrong way or looking at you as like, well, this will never be a viable candidate. So it, it's, I guess there's the fear of that because I'm a very technical writer. I, I don't really do fluff. It's, it's just something my brain is not capable of doing. Um, so I, I, it's hard for me to actually go out there and post. Yeah, I understand. And that is something I run into often. And even in my industry, I've been in for roughly now six years. I still have those fears where I'll publish an article and I'll talk about a topic. And I stay very, very uh, thin on some parts because I don't know too far about it. Like the idea of web development. Web development is a huge, growing, fast-paced area of digital. And I try to limit on how far I get technical into the terms and, and the ideas. But at the same time, you know, I uplift those internal uh, internal guards and just go for it. If someone's going to want to engage, chances are they say something, perhaps maybe another person in your industry and intervene and talk as well. There's just, there's just, you know, I say, if you have passion for it, go for it. You know, there's a guy I know who used to always say, just click the button. There's going to be people out there that aren't always going to agree with people. And we have the opportunity that we don't need to respond to absolutely everything that's out there. And just like LinkedIn, sometimes articles that you publish might get picked up by your connections audiences. And it happens. And I tell people all the time, 
be careful what you like even on LinkedIn. If you like a post, LinkedIn's algorithm is probably going to share with your your audience and say, hey, you know, Brett Dogger liked this post. Do you want to check it out? So I always tell people be proactive, but you know, at the same time, if there's something you have a passion in, to go with it. Yeah, and something I did in college was I reached out to a lot of people in my area who were working in the field that I really wanted to go into. And I'd be like, hey, can I job shadow you? Can I just talk to you about what you do all day? Um, And people loved it. I loved it because I got to learn more. Recently, I actually just did an informative interview. I actually had a person reach out to me and said, Brett, you know, I know that Asher is not hiring, but I would really like to just sit across from you and talk about what I do and and what I've learned in my time working in marketing and where I want to go. We sat across from each other for about an hour, and I offered them about three to four people who they should also consider talking to, and they drove with it. They met with those people as well, and this person is an inspiring digital marketer and just graduated college recently, and you know it's great just to take that effort to reach out. Also, a big part that I've been changing is everyone can send a connection request on LinkedIn. It's, it's, it's one click of a button. But it's another thing to include a message with it. And lately, I've been a, a increasing the amount of connection requests that I've been including messages with it. Because there is such thing as a lion, which is a LinkedIn open networker, who will just send LinkedIn requests just because there's not any type of connection. It's just just because. But I always tell people, try your best to include a message with your connection request. Mm-hmm. And it helps other people know that there's a purpose behind you connecting with them, especially if there's someone who's kind of high profile and like you kind of know yeah. each other, like maybe they might not remember you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you want everyone to feel like it, it's a mutual benefit. Sure, sure. And they probably get multiple requests, yeah. if not more than that a day. So um, making your even your request stand out, um, I think, is more beneficial than just clicking the, hey, I want to connect with you button and that's where you leave it. Yeah, and just hoping. I, you know, it's a very simple method, but even just viewing the profile of someone, because perhaps they're going to wonder what it is, why you're viewing their profile. And typically, the humanistic thought is when they view your profile, you're probably going to view their profile as well to see who they are. So it's a simple yet self method that you can try out and use. Hmm. Definitely. Um, so one of the things, too, is, is we've talked a lot about LinkedIn so far. Um, because the network itself is really built around networking, career networking yeah. in general. Um, but there's so many other networks out there. So if we have to say like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, to name a few, how, how do you how do you utilize the main social networks for career networking? I, I feel like it's a um, maybe not a, a heavily utilized piece of like a Facebook, but how do you do that? So I always say it's better to have a few great social media channels than it is to have all all of them that you can see out there and for all of them to be okay. So it comes down to it is the frequency and time and how you utilize them. Facebook, for instance, using that, it's more of a personal interaction. So creating friendships through perhaps ways that you've met on um, groups or through other peer-to-peer connections. For Instagram, it's a great place to produce creative content if you're in the creative role, if you're a photographer, a graphic designer, work in visual performing arts. That is 
area for one person to be networking themselves on that area. If you have a portfolio, if you're, if you're a person who specializes in aerial photography, to focus more on a, a visual focused platform. For Twitter, it's a lot of industry related news. I run into a lot of case studies through Twitter, a lot of uh, media outlets, um, different types of sports culture. Um, and uh, there's just so many different interconnected cultures that take place on Twitter. And it's more of a microblog storytelling tool. So it's a lot of uh, small thoughts or a publishing of new blogs, but they're all different networks. And, you know, to think about it too, they, you know, what area are you going into? Are they, are they an industry that focuses more on desktop centric or on mobile centric? So you would probably want to think that as well. Are, is it industry that has video content? You know, do they use a lot of video or do they use still imagery? Snapchat as well. I know a lot of people who use Snapchat as a networking tool through the way they create stories where a lot of times I've put geofilters over areas that I've attended and people have connected with these geofilters and these geofilters have, you know, something on them that pertains to my identity and then next thing you know, they're reaching out to me. But thinking about the different types of security settings as well, for something like Facebook, you're more constrained and more privatized versus a platform like them. So the way that you network yourself depends on, first off, who is that persona you're trying to create? Who is it that you yourself, your identity, are trying to create? If you're a person who loves sports, highly, you know, I highly suggest engaging on Twitter. There are so many different types of sports organizations on there that are real time engaging or they're talking about different types of live sporting events. If you're a person who's focused more on the arts, you know, utilizing Instagram and thinking about, you know, has a younger demographic out there. And if that's who you're trying to appeal to, that's a great one to go with. Just different ways that you can achieve, I, I like to call networking to a point of brand affinity where people are understanding what you're looking for. And to the point that, say, for instance, you tell someone, hey, I'm looking for a job. They're able to go to your social media channels and find out what type of job you're looking for. Definitely. So talking about that and kind of building your brand and, and making your page, um, to work for you, is there resources? Yeah. Are there resources out there for people to actually do that? Because as as sophisticated as most of these websites are, they really don't give you a. Uh, I don't think there's one way to do it, but they don't give you like the best structured guide on this is how you make your LinkedIn page the most marketable thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had my resume worked on, and I've paid people copious amounts of money to help me design my LinkedIn page to really display what I'm looking for to work. Have that algorithm work in my favor, things like that. So I've reached out and I've paid money for it, but are there other resources out there that people who, who between the ages of 13 and 18, just getting started on LinkedIn can really utilize to help them make the best profile possible? Absolutely. There are a lot of different resources they can do for that. And I would highly recommend one of the first spots to go to is to go to YouTube. YouTube is a great place that provides a lot of tutorials on ways that you can create a, a positive professional reputation. There's a lot of people out there that are giving vis- tips that are visually easy to understand. Um, there are a lot of services out there that I not only collect professional information for in, in regards to social media, but also personal. I love social media today. It's a great publication that has all different types of contributors 
from all different types of industries that are talking about not only LinkedIn, but Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. And also at the same time, it's experimental. So going on to a service like LinkedIn and finding out people who are also talking about the topic of networking and professional networking and development, it's, it's, it's great to have that out there and, and to see. And while you're at it, you know, creating those, those, those remarkable relationships with people who are in those industries that you want to be a part of. It's all about that functional networking spot where you're going to someone based on the involvement they have in an industry. Maybe it's someone who you want to be just like one day. Reaching out to them, asking them questions. It's that peer-to-peer contact. You know, we can have so much, you know, consumption from YouTube videos and articles. But when it comes down to it, reach out to people who are in your industry and creating a meaningful relationship. That's a key characteristic. Oh, no, that's so helpful. Thank you so much. And I, I... I agree that I, honestly, YouTube University is is really the best place to to, oh, yeah. to start your your search on um, a lot of different videos. Like everyone's making a tutorial for something, so you might as well utilize that that free resource that they have. Mm-hmm. And young people Absolutely. too, like that's where they want to go to. You know what I'm saying? If you're just gonna tell an 18 year old, oh, you need to go learn how to do this, they're probably gonna go to YouTube and look for a tutorial anyway. Absolutely, and it's it's mobile. It's it's the mobile revolution where we are on the go. We want to watch something that's simple and sweet and to the point. And YouTube is one of those great places to go. Chances are they're not going to just get on Facebook and type in job coach search. They're going to go just, they're going to go straight to YouTube and just be like, I'm going to get it right here in my hand, but also a great service that a lot of universities and actually our public library has for free is Linda. You guys might've heard of Linda L Y N D A. And Linda is a, awesome resource. I've learned a lot about Adobe Photoshop uh, through um, uh, Linda. And I think that Linda has taught me some great, some great simple tools on how to utilize Photoshop. And there's just so many different free tutorials and, and opportunities out there, including Linda, including YouTube, that really can help you become that different figure that that figure that sticks out in that industry and it's all about the effort and energy you give into it but at the same time don't overflow your energy myself when i was looking for a job i was networking but also i was finding jobs and i was applying for jobs but i wasn't absolutely you know running myself to the floor and applying for as many jobs as i can the qualitative side of networking that makes the most not the quantitative you can you you can tell yourself i'm going to find 10 to 15 boards this year, but I will tell you, if you if you try and do that, the quality and your engagement with those boards will reflect, Definitely. and it will not reflect in a positive manner that I would that I would see. Because if you really are dedicated to something, you're not going to overwhelm yourself by the numbers. You're going to find yourself looking more at the qualitative side of it. Definitely, and one of the services that I've used before um, is. It's a freelance service called Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. Um, and so it's literally just a network of freelance uh, people doing like pretty much everything uh, that you can think of on the web. And, and so I had somebody who was um, good at not only building a visually pleasing resume, but also helping you write and shape some of that content. So you're getting the message across without overwhelming the audience. And um I think my resume looks pretty good after after doing that. And it does cost a little bit of money to have somebody do that. 
Um, but I think it's worth it because not only are you helping somebody who's who's doing this as, as a side job or maybe a small business, but uh, you're also getting some uh, feedback from somebody else who doesn't know you. Um, and so it, it's a really good way to help you shape that resume or whatever that you're working on um, out there. So that's just one resource that I found. Yeah. And I got lucky. I was able to use the free resource mm-hmm. at my university. So all four years, I mean, I probably exhausted everyone from looking at my resume and fixing it. It doesn't hurt to have more eyes to look at your resume. And I've actually uh, participated with our career services. We've done externships where it's just a few day long uh, um, job shadows where you go to a job for, you know, two to three days and, uh, you know, full day, eight hours day of work where we just experience it. And it's been extremely helpful. And I tell people, if you know, there's a, any way that you can help propel your career even more, utilizing your career services at your university or wherever you might be at, go for it. Learn something, you know, that you haven't, you know, heard before. I've done externships at places where perhaps I didn't end up working at and, you know, maybe was not related to my industry, but it, it, it taught myself, you know, it taught myself what, what capabilities this industry had, how, how, what I, what are my takeaways from it. And it's been great because I've learned things in areas that I never would have thought I would have learned. So, mm-hmm. And I walked away from job shadows and externships, like you said, and I thought, wow, I don't want to do that. I really thought I wanted to do that. And I do not want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've seen you, you, in, in our age, it's great. To, you know, we have the opportunity that at their fingertips, we can find jobs and opportunities and, and see what they're about prior to going and start them. Back 20 years ago, you get on the job and you would find out who your coders are right when you sat down at your desk on the first day. Now you're able to see who works there, what they do, how they've grown, you know, where is it that they came from so you can perhaps adjust your story and see where you can make your improvement. So it's amazing now how personalized we can create our stories into and what it, you know, the ways that we can portray ourselves. And it's, it's, you know, I always tell people to be realistic, move in more of a feasible manner. Don't over, you know, overload yourself. And I always have a hard time wrapping my head around people who say they're an expert. I personally think that using the, the, the terminology as an expert it's very difficult and it's, it's misleading because there's always, I always look for people who I like to expose and bring myself around people who know more than I do. I learn so much from them. It keeps me humble and I never want to make myself into an expert because an expert would be basically you run the industry and you, you're the, the, the creator of it. And I just don't think that is a, it's a term that in today's age that should be used uh, uh, as a, is a common term. Definitely. Um, and so I guess kind of getting down to the root of things, uh, our, our, really our tar- target audience is our membership. Um, whether they're an undergraduate alumni or potential member, we're trying to uh, get people to really improve themselves throughout their college years so they're prepared outside of college. And one of the big things is I feel that Lambda Chi offers such a strong network uh, right off the bat, even as a, a potential new member or a new member. Um, even if you've graduated, we offer uh, that because we have over 180,000 living alumni in all different career fields across the the planet that do all of these things. And I, I feel that 
it's a tool that is extremely underutilized by our membership. Um, and I, Brett, you're not a member of Lambda Chi, but what kind of tools and what kind of uh, tips can we give our members to utilize that network and how to utilize that network? I think one of the first and foremost things is those relationships, those friendships that you have created. Um, if you have created a friendship or relationship through someone who maybe is a colleague or someone who is, who is a neighbor, to maintain those, make them meaningful, catch up with them. Don't just have it be where you call them a friend and you've only seen them once in the last 10 years and have only had one interaction. Make it a difference in the way that you call that a friendship or relationship. And to utilize the correct network out there to showcase yourself, to market yourself. So if you have a great skill, if you have an award, something like that, that could leverage influence, use that to your benefit. And another thing too is be organized. Don't let it be where time gets ahead of you and you start to fall by the wayside on certain things. You know, if it's causing you to, you know, overwhelm yourself, if you're doing too much, uh, embracing your skills and having that uh, uh, idea of, you know, what can I do tomorrow to improve myself and what can I do in the moment to improve myself? It's, there's always room for improvement and how also you can use camaraderie to help achieve your skills in the future. Yeah, those are some awesome points, Brett. And I think that's kind of a great place for us to sort of say what we've gotten out of this conversation, because um, you gave us a lot of really good and attainable skills um, and things that we can really take back and think about how, you know, we use our LinkedIn or our Twitter or our Facebook, whatever channel you know, you're choosing to use. Um, so I'll start and then we'll kind of just go around the table and then sure. Brett will end with you. Um, for me, I think it really just reiterated the fact that I need to be a little bit better about how I socialize with people on my social accounts. So commenting on people's things and telling them if I actually like something instead of just liking it. Because I like really doesn't tell anyone anything about me because sometimes that's just some person I went to high school with. And, you know, it's 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 about that engagement factor and ensuring that people know who you are, not just what your username is. Definitely. What I would say from this conversation, I kind of brought up the topic, but um, really staying more engaged on on platforms like LinkedIn and, and posting articles and doing all of these things. Because I guess the one thing I would reiterate that just because you're posting things or you have your resume updated or you talk to um, different recruiters or, or anything along those lines online, it doesn't mean that you're um, going to leave your job that day or anything like that. You're just, I think you should always keep looking, always make yourself marketable, always look at what other opportunities are out there because I don't think we're in the the day and age anymore where you spend 30 years at one company for the rest of your life and um, you're, you're located at your hometown and, and things like that. Like I said earlier, is we're just such a transient society. And I think you should look at other opportunities. If you feel like you're moving horizontally and that's about it, then maybe it is time to start looking, but always keep yourself marketable, always start looking for new things. And so my biggest thing is I need to start doing that for myself um, instead of just talking about it on the podcast. I agree. You have that attitude that you're, basically hungry. You're out there, you're, you're ready for the innovative, uh, you know, growth that's going to happen in your life. I, myself, I, I enjoy my job right now, but I still always love having recommendations on LinkedIn requested. So 
I, you know, I will send a request to someone, hey, I worked with you on this project at our last job. Would you mind giving me a recommendation? It doesn't hurt to ask that even if you enjoy the job you're in. Definitely. And the last thing I would say on that topic, too, is that you should always be looking at new opportunities that will provide you uh, more knowledge and more education. I, I think there's sometimes people are out there just looking at what is my next big step that's going to pay me uh, a $10,000 raise or what's mm -hmm. the next step where I'm going to make more money. And I think that's unfortunate because you may move to that job, hate it because it's either the same thing you were doing or something you don't want to do. Um, so make sure when you're looking for those next steps, you're looking at something that's going to improve your skill set and, and something you're going to enjoy and love doing um, so that you can continue building that and moving on into uh, really getting that perfect job that fits you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, go ahead and subscribe to a few email lists that you find fascinating. I myself, I love wake up, waking up in the morning to get new fresh emails of new blogs that are out mm -hmm. that are new for research. And I enjoy learning. I, I, that's something that I've always loved. When people say, Brett, what are you doing in your free time? I tell them I love the sense of discovery. I will walk around my town and look for historical places. I, I love museums. I love places that are innovative. So I always tell people, try your best to find a few publications that have great email um, lists that you can subscribe to. One of which that I love is social media today. It's in the moment. You get great new um, blogs every day that come from them. And it's really awesome information about the industry. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for that. And honestly, I agree. And, and you are not the first person that's told us this on the podcast mm -hmm. about uh, looking for those um, email distribution lists or, or listservs uh, that really just give you some updates uh, from the community on what's going on in your specific topic. So um, I think that's such an important tip. Yeah. And also the podcast, if you have podcasts that you love that are helping you professionally to accelerate with it. And also I've seen a lot of people uh, recently also asking now, Hey, what are your favorite podcasts to listen to? And it's that peer to peer input for businesses. Sometimes people aren't going to trust the business as much as they're going to trust their peers. They're going to ask their peers about them first. Hence why Facebook live platforms are starting to a lot of ability. Mm -hmm. No, Hey, your friend left a review here. Hey, your friend checked in, check it out. Awesome points, Brett. So um, I just want to wrap up by thanking you for yeah. spending time with us and helping us learn more about ourselves and yeah. what we need to improve on. Yeah, definitely. And we'll also link uh, Brett's LinkedIn page to mm -hmm. uh, the, the podcast post so you guys can uh, check out his LinkedIn profile as well. Yeah. Well, Brett, thank, thank you. you very I... much for coming in today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. All righty. Bye. So honestly, having Brett on the podcast, I think, was informative. Honestly, yeah. I, there's some tips that uh, maybe I had a grasp on, but I still didn't know how to execute. There were some resources that I didn't even think about. And I think he gave us so much information that can be tangible for even us as as uh, career professionals at this point. Yeah. When he started talking about Linda and you mentioned Fiverr, I've never heard mm -hmm. of either of those. And now that's something for me to use as a resource. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, and I, I mentioned it is that I just think you always need to look at new ways to make yourself marketable uh, with today's technology and, and things that we're doing in our careers. You should always be investing in yourself, mm -hmm. whether it's reading an article or, or writing a short blurb about something 
or getting a certification. You should really go out there and make sure that you are always updating yourself just like you would update a resume. Yeah. And it's so important to continue building on the skills that you already have so that if you're really, really good at something, that doesn't diminish. Yeah. And he was really great about talking of, you know, write a LinkedIn blog, like make sure you're doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm really excited to see how I utilize this, but also how our members and beyond yeah. utilize the yeah. information. And we, we, I think we brushed over it pretty quickly, but using university and campus resources, I think is so important. Um, they're offered free to students. Um, they have a staff of between 10 and 15 usually that sit there um, and help you review your resume. They give you mock interviews. Um, they do all of these different things to prepare you to go outside and, and get a job right out of college. And I used it as an undergrad. Um, I don't think I used it as much as I should have. Um, but I, I definitely think it's something that I encourage all of our members to really just go for one, one time. Just ask them what they can do for them, how uh, they can utilize the service, and, and, and really try to just build their personal portfolio. Yeah, you'll regret it if you don't utilize yeah, it. For sure, for sure. Thomas, what was your big thought of this podcast uh, still being the, an undergrad? I've the fear of overposting on LinkedIn, like what's relevant. Um, and you really kind of mm -hmm. uh, took that fear away in the sense of posting stuff that in areas I want to work on. And I really liked what he said about how sending requests with a message because um, uh, yeah. my dad has this interesting habit where he'll meet someone like on a plane and then <laughs> like a day later he'll find them on LinkedIn and then immediately add them like, hey, and he sends a message like, hey, it was great meeting with you. Uh, and then they, you know, message or talk about something relevant and they talked about and like, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, catch up later or something. Always keeping that door open. Yeah. And always building that network continually because you'll never know when maybe you need somebody in whatever career field they're, they're in. You'll really build a network of really diverse background. And people who can speak exactly. highly exactly. about yes. you. Definitely. So I think that was so important. And um, yeah, I just challenge every member out there to, to do something unique. Um, but if you're posting articles, make sure you're actually commenting on the <laughs> articles, not just copy and pasting a link. Um, it's a very easy thing to do. Um, but give your opinion on it. Even if it's an article maybe you disagree with. Why? Why do you disagree with it? Um, so that, yeah, that's my biggest challenge to everyone do once, one time, just write an article, see what your, your group says. And if no one says anything, expand your network. So I, I think that is something that I challenge everyone to do. My challenge for everyone would be to go through their LinkedIn, look at who the people that they have connected with and sort of whittle that down to people that know you and that could speak about you. Yeah. You don't want to have, you know, all these CEOs that just haphazardly responded to your request. Yeah. You want people that if a, an employer has a mutual connection, they're going to reach out to that person and they're going to say, tell me about this person. Yeah, and the person can speak highly of you. Yeah. Um, it's like having a, a virtual reference sheet, let's yeah. say, for your resume. So I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. cool. uh, so anything else? I can guys? add a challenge in. I would challenge everyone to... Make sure your friends are doing the same thing. I have a friend of mine who's a communications, uh, I think religious studies double minor, who has a job but has no LinkedIn, and he keeps putting it off. And I, I would challenge everyone to uh, keep your friends accountable and making sure they also have a LinkedIn, because um, it is such an easy process. You fix, you set it up once, and you can just kind of let it go. 
we don't necessarily have to be as active um, as we recommend. But just having taking that first big step is such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So while you're here, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast on whatever streaming service you prefer. We also want to hear from you. So please go to lambdakai.org slash chop talk and take our five minute short listener survey. Awesome. Thank you, Lindsay. Um, So on behalf of myself, Lindsay and Thomas and everyone else here at the International Headquarters, I want to thank you guys for listening. Have a great day.